Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, July 27, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, let's just do a little bit of a recap. Today was Turnaround Tuesday, so the market turned around. Yesterday, we discussed the fact that between today and Wednesday, the market should be pulling back a little bit. The market had, at least for today, a pullback. At the end of the day, they snapped back to be one of those just a little bit of a down day scenarios rather than what it was earlier in the day. It had the makings of a much bigger down day. So what's jumping off the page at us on the daily chart? Well, for one, they missed the gap. What was the gap? 435 46. This was the zone we discussed last night. The top of the zone was 437.92. That represented the breakout area. How do we know that? Because the market ran up to that spot and was rejected. Once it went back to that spot, what happened? It essentially gapped over it. So what are they doing? They're coming back to test a former breakout area. Now, they don't have to do it right away. Maybe under a different scenario, they might have went a lot higher before coming back to run this test. Either way, whenever they were going to come down, they were going to run a test of the same spot. So that's why we could talk about it last night. We're just going to take a quick look at something. So we know right of the vertical is today's activity. And what I wanted to point out was at 10.55 a.m., what was low of day at that point? 437.93 against 437.92. How you doing? Last night and every night, we discussed the fact that markets love to come back to and run a test of former breakout and breakdown areas. So what they did in the early going on the first run down, they came up one penny short. So that's a light touch, if you will. They had a bounce away. They went up to a high of 439.09. So essentially, that's more than 10 S&P handles. That counts. Now, here's the hourly chart. And the next thing we want to point out, and we'll go over to inside the numbers later. All this stuff is in there. But I want to point this out now because it's part and parcel to the daily chart. They came down and turned around right before the gap. So we have two ways to interpret that. A, it's bullish. They couldn't get to the gap. They turned around. They went back up in the other direction. And they closed above that former high at 437.92. That's bullish behavior. Doesn't mean they're guaranteed to take off and make new highs tomorrow. We're just looking at the chart. We're looking at the activity and observing what happened. We play the umpire calling balls and strikes. And therefore, we take the market at face value. The other way to interpret coming up short of the gap is they'll be back sooner than later. And then if and when they come back, the gap isn't necessarily the same trade as it would have been today. So now all of a sudden the objective, if they come back, is likely lower. Why is that? Well, because we can consider just the same as they do it in an uptrend. They pull back a little bit, recock the weapon, and then they go up again. Well, on the way down, the same rules apply. They come down, they came up short. They bounce up, so they're essentially recocking the weapon upside down. So if they came back down again, 
the gap isn't the same. That's the concept. Remember we discussed the fact that this week there was a laundry list or plethora of earnings on the docket. So as such, we had some big time companies report after the bell today or will report after the bell. Either way, I can already see out of the corner of my eye, one of them is already getting killed and it's Google. Now, all things being equal, Google is at all-time highs. It's at 2,600 and change on the chart. The monthly chart is just a perpetual uptrend, as is the weekly chart and the daily chart, so a pullback is not that big of a deal. Well, they had a pullback, and all of a sudden, they must have just announced, because now, all of a sudden, you got a big surge higher, as opposed to that little dip that I first saw when I looked over at my quote screen. So that certainly won't hurt the market. Who knows where it's gonna be five, 10 minutes from now. Just figured we'd take a look. Microsoft is one of the other ones reporting today after the bell, and they're getting hit a little bit as opposed to Google that just had the pop. We'll see what happens later. We don't know how these things are gonna fester out in just a few minutes, and certainly we don't know what they're gonna look like by the opening bell tomorrow. Apple's another one I don't think they reported yet. Forget that 144 and a half line. That was from today, and it never got there. I was watching it during the trading day, but it never really sold off. All right, back to the spider, back to the daily chart. Forget about earnings. We'll worry about that with stocks on the move early in the morning. The reason why I wanted to bring back the daily chart, because we have to note something. What they did, what they did was garden variety. What was that? Essentially, they came back to check in at a former breakout area. By the end of the day, they closed back above it, and we just want to take that at face value. Doesn't mean they will or won't open strong or weak tomorrow. As of today, this is how we're reading the tape. So all of a sudden, we know something. We know that the trend is your friend. It's bullish. The trend is your friend until she dumps you. The draw is the dominant thing, meaning the uptrend is the dominant thing, and that's the draw that keeps price, we'll say, resilient to say the least. So if in fact we find the market, for example, tomorrow or maybe into Thursday, remember, we have Kabuki Theater tomorrow, so the market may be quiet leading up to the FOMC announcement in the afternoon. We don't know. It traditionally would have been quiet today and tomorrow, but this morning they were hitting it pretty hard, but then obviously snapped back by the end of the day. And think about this for a second. It wasn't down on heavy volume, so we need to note that. It's of note, puzzle piece on the table. What does that mean? It means on big down days, we generally see a pickup in volume. We saw a little bit of a pickup in volume over the last couple of days, but not much. It was basically on the average volume. It's almost like this morning was a phony sell-off. And think about it for a second. Are they really going to be able to kill the market leading up to the two-day Fed meeting that culminates tomorrow? Are they really going to kill the market leading up to that or not? Or is it just a little bit of a pullback? We're going to wake up tomorrow, find the market flat, maybe slightly up. Who knows? The point is, it's unlikely that the market falls out of bed leading up to the FOMC announcement. It just doesn't happen that often. We talked about that yesterday as well. A couple of things that we need to watch out for. Here's a 240 chart, and what we have is a big breakdown candle. That was from the first 240 of today. So the high is 439.94. We're going to round it to 440. It's a big, fat, round number. We've been discussing that. 
that is magnetic and will provide under normal garden variety conditions overhead resistance. Now, if you got there today, it was more likely to provide overhead resistance tomorrow. We don't know what's going to be happening in the morning. They could gap over it, make things easy. We saw that happen the other day. Or they can open up flat to down and then make a push for it. Therefore, if they did that, it would also be under normal conditions, overhead resistance. It's a big fat round number, breakdown candle high. It just is what it is. 120 chart, same routine, same candle, no change. Hourly chart, no difference, no change, same routine. We're looking for either confirmation from chart to chart or discrepancies from chart to chart. We just ran through the 240, 120, and 60. They all say the same thing. Therefore, we can move it along. Inside the numbers, we'll run through the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. It was turnaround Tuesday. Wake up a little red. No shocker, no surprise. What's going on in the early thoughts? China was getting whacked again. A lot of these stocks, these ADRs from China, were getting hit over the last several days. They're getting hit really, really hard. There's a bottom coming in here somewhere, but now we've got political risk. We've got to fight the government of China. It's not really my cup of tea or favorite bag to play in. However, it doesn't mean we can't find a trade or two from time to time. Truth be told, I had a couple up on the board yesterday. I shied away from the political risk. Turns out that they would have worked out anyway. So I went after them again today, and we'll see the results when we circle back to stocks on the move. But of note, they come with higher risk and are for aggressive traders only. Smaller share size to compensate for the expanded volatility in this group. That should be common sense, but if it's not, take heed, write it down, that's the way it works. Back here on the mainland US, we could get a bit of a morning rush hour today, but the main awareness was waiting on the Fed Kabuki Theater. That's at zero dark 30 before the opening bell. That was in the thought process. Under normal garden variety conditions, they're not going very far in either direction before Wednesday afternoon. They started to, but at the end of the day, again, they didn't get very far. So that actually worked out. We've got the big fat round number of 440. It's magnetic. We know about that one. And then we have the range we talked about last night. The top end was down around 438, give or take. As a refresher, what do we have? Again, with the five-minute chart. The high was 439.94, 440 was magnetic and overhead resistance, six cents short, and they sold them off. Where did they go to? They went to the top end of the range, around 438. What happened? They bounced about 10, 12 S&P handles. So far, they pretty much did the thing. By 932, NTES did the deal. That was one of the ones yesterday that I had up on the board really early. If you were here early, you saw it. Then it disappeared. I just wanted to take some of the risk away because of the Chinese political risk, the governmental risk. If you're not up on what's going on over there, you can read all about it on the University of Google. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. By 9.33, I would be interested in a long side scalp trade in the SPY around 4.38, give or take. So we already know what happened. They bounced in front. They came into it. You'll see it all here as I scroll up. And what I urge you to do is read the notes. Go back to the charts and double check the work. Here's one. What was the IWM doing? How about fighting the area around 217.67? Sound familiar? We'll get to that later. We're moving along for now.
Let's just note this for a second. FYI, the best numbers on the board are 437.60 to 437.30. Now, they did go lower. They never got to that gap. We talked about that before. But you'll see here that that was another zone where you can see the market found stability. They went a little lower. It became resistance. They went a little lower again. They got back above it. They ate some time off the clock right around that same 437.60. And then into the end of the day, they had one of those end of the day jam sessions. When you look at it from an hourly chart perspective, they went a little bit deeper, but they certainly rallied into the end of the day. The zone worked any way you want to look at it. Let's move along, see what else the notes had. You can certainly read them. Pause the video, go back to the charts, double check the work. You'll see a lot of the same stuff repeated over and over again as the market moves in real time, members are getting the real time commentary. If it's not moving, there's not much to say. That's just the way it works. If they got to 435.50, it would have been a good buy zone. They never got there, we know that. And then as a just in case, or if they went down to get that gap and they spiked it, What's below there? Not that far below, 434.75 would have been the next spot. You have to be prepared for whatever's going on. When you get into a trade, you need to have your exit plan on the upside, meaning on the positive side, and you also have to have the ripcord area. What happens if it's wrong? Where do you have to pull the ripcord? That's how you treat this as a business. We're moving along. Read the notes. Go back to the charts to double check the work. Here's the laundry list of stocks on the move. It was a long list today. Remember, it's earnings season. They're going to come fast and furious. We've got a long list. I'm not going to read them out here and then go over the charts. We're just going to go over the charts. There was a couple that didn't hit their numbers. We'll just run down the list and go over the charts. The first one on the list was GDS. They bounced before the number came up early in the morning, and then they creeped into it. That's not a trade we really want. You can see the number worked anyway. They rallied into the end of the day. But this was a no trade based on the how. It's okay. The takeaway is the number still worked anyway. FedEx, not so much. Cut through the first one, opened below the first one. So that was off the table. The second one, it cut through, rallied back toward it by the end of the day. Came up a few bucks short. But when you think about it, the reality is $3 on a $300 stock's not that big of a deal. It just was wrong. Nothing more, nothing less. We just move it along. Wrong numbers. That's me. Wrong numbers. While we're at it, had them both wrong. UPS and FedEx today, 197.77. First number was off the board. Cut through it, bounced back, came up short by the end of the day. They didn't do the deal. It was a pie in the face. Didn't have the numbers on these two stocks. What about F5 Networks? This was a short trade. So it was listed on the board. If they got to 210.42 and they kept going to 212.11, that was the second number. So we had two entry targets. It was a short trade and the stop out was an hourly close above 213.50. What did they do? In the first candle of the day or the first few minutes of the day, and here's a five minute chart. They came into the number, spiked it, then collapsed. That was the number. The numbers work. Don't know how many traders took the short trade, but it worked immediately. K-Web creeped into the number, so we're not calling this one a trade. Didn't come in in the manner in which I prefer. 
4604 was the number, still worked out anyway. You see where they finished the day, 4765. That's significantly more than the required minimum base hit. But again, didn't do it in the manner in which, but the numbers work nevertheless. Pin duo duo PDD. So 8279 was on the board. They came up short and then they bounced away. So that takes the number off the board. They cut through it, they go down to the second, and that's pretty much where they hung around all day. So what were they doing? Let's give a refresher. They were hanging around for a cup of coffee. Why was that? Because generally speaking, when they do that, the destination is in another place. We didn't really get that snapback from that 79 and a half area. The generally speaking, that tells us the destination is elsewhere. How about JD.com? Check this out. Now, they didn't do the deal anyway. They missed by a penny. But the low was 61.65 against my number of 61.62. You can see what happened. It's all self-explanatory. Any way you look at it, the numbers work. That was a support area. Here's Netties again, and you can see this one was pretty cut and dry, 82.64. The low of day was what? 82.50. Turned around, went back in the other direction, way more than the required minimum base hit, just in a matter of minutes. 88.58 was the high by 10 o'clock in the morning. How you doing? What's going on over in Camp IWM? We have to look at this both ways. We have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. So number one, they still closed below 217.67. However, it's Tuesday, we don't care. We only care on Friday. However, it's interesting how they trade around this number. The market knows about this number. It thinks this number is magnetic because it keeps coming back to this number. So, what else do we have? Well, we also have the same thing we had yesterday. We had a move higher from the low, and they're essentially, forget the number for a second, they're essentially putting in a bullish, wedgish, bullish, flaggish kind of pattern. Are they building energy to trade up into the convergence of those moving averages get up to 25 and a half, 225 and a half. It's very possible. Listen, we have Kabuki Theater on deck. We have earnings. All kinds of stuff is going on. They could take any piece of information and use it as the spark or the catalyst. So on one hand, if they give up this thing by the end of the week, that's a good night Irene scenario. But if they hang in there and then they close above 217.67 and if they do it by a lot, it's likely they will already be at or they'll be on their way up to that 225 give or take area. The financials. We're going a little bit out of order tonight. I clicked on the financials, so we'll do the financials. Look what they're doing. They're doing the same thing as the IWM. This is a bull flag pattern that's setting up or building energy to make another push higher. We talked about it last night. If you didn't see the video last night, go watch it because there's no change to the XLF. Same story. Ah, what about the folks down at the transportation department? Not exactly a bastion of strength. Down over 2% today, over 300 bones, below the 20 period, 100 period, 50 period moving average. It's gonna have to get to 15,000 to make any hay. It's weak, it's melting. The transports is my favorite canary in the coal mine. My second favorite market leading indicator only next to the IWM. So IWM was down 1.26% today. The transports were down over 2% today. 
We have to pay attention to that stuff. Bullish pattern, no bullish pattern. You have to pay attention to the closing prices. Are they leading the other indices? Are they lagging the other indices? Are they diverging from the other indices? All these things factor in at the end of the day to the analysis. Just for reference point, there's your 15,000 generally speaking. It's a plus or minus. Comes in by the 20 week moving average, ironically enough. And that wasn't the reason I brought out 15,000 before. It was for a different reason on the daily chart. Happens to coincide with the same general price area on the weekly chart that puts them at or maybe even over the 20 week moving average. That's an important spot. By Friday's close, if they're back over the 20 week moving average, it will essentially be a recapture of the moving average. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Q people. How about a quick test of the 20 day moving average and a bounce off of it? Talk about a market that's trading technically sound. It's not a coincidence or an accident that they hit the 20 day moving average and ricocheted right back off of it. Trend is your friend until she dumps you. Here's the monthly chart. If she's throwing you out the window, she's throwing you off the 15th story of the building. Not so much on the daily chart, more of a grind up and a riding of the 20 period moving average. But on the monthly chart, they're too far from home base. Remember, home base is the 20 period moving average. It stays home base on the weekly chart and the monthly chart and all other charts. So on any chart, if they get too far from home base, eventually they're going to want to come back. But it's the monthly chart. It takes a long time for that stuff to happen. There's no trade there. You can't trade for that. We're just talking around things. You're writing this stuff down. You're taking in the information. You're absorbing the knowledge. We did the financials, but we didn't do smash mouth. So here's some more divergent stuff going on. Down seven bucks, almost 3% in smash mouth. And at the lows, they were certainly down a whole lot more than where they finished. Look at this, for example. Here's a breakup candle. The low is 250.64. We talked about that yesterday. They were below it until they rallied back and closed above it by the end of the day. That's another important spot. Happened to also be in the same general area as the 50 period moving average. That was, in fact, at least for today, supportive of the market or of the SMH. Here's a weekly chart. As long as they're above the 20 week moving average, then they're riding it and there's really no problem. It's in an uptrend. The trend is your friend, all that stuff. But we know that things have to start somewhere. They morph from shorter time frames to larger time frames. And for example, on this 120 minute chart, you'll notice they have a big breakdown candle. Are they going to work their way up toward the top into these moving averages? Should that be overhead resistance or will they normally just waltz right on by like whistling past the graveyard. You know the answer. Just wanted to point that out. Same rules apply in the hourly chart. You got a convergence of three moving averages and right above it you have a breakdown candle high. So up in that neighborhood is garden variety of overhead resistance. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.